So, Lord, you came to earth to share in human misery and to proclaim the new way to earn eternal peace and happiness. You came fully knowing what lay in store for you, the suffering and the torture. You are fully God and became fully man to prove your love when no proof should have been necessary. What you have proven, Lord Jesus, is that you valued, valued humanity over your own comfort, your own life. My Lord and God, we pray to you and worship you. We reach to you in supplication to help us understand a topsy-turvy world full of snares. Help us to maintain focus upon you as worldly powers seek to obfuscate what's true and real. Help us to recognize the truth when lies are the coin of the realm. Help us to maintain the truth that you are for us, not against us. And above all, Lord, please help us to be worthy of your sacrifice and of all the blessings you have given us. Amen. Above all powers, above all kings, above all nature and all created things, above all wisdom and all the ways of man, you were here before the world began. Above all kingdoms, above all thrones, above all wonders the world has ever known, above all wealth and treasures of the earth, there's no way to measure Rejected and alone like a rose Trampled on the ground You took the fall And thought of me above Above all kingdoms, above all thrones, above all wonders the world has ever known, above all wealth and treasure of the earth, there's no way to measure what you're worth. Crucified! 
the ground, it took the fall, and part of me above snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe from Proverbs. Fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. My heart sings when I do the right thing before the Lord. Feelings of peace and contentedness come from good deeds and expressed love for my fellow man. When faced with disaster and calamity, trusting in the Lord and obeying his call is a way toward healing. Don't listen to messages of hate or false prophecy. Don't despair that the Lord has abandoned you. He definitely has not. Remember that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and all good comes from him. Remember that storms are temporary. Houses are temporary. We are temporary. The Lord is forever and permanent, so trust and obey and live. When we walk with the Lord in the light of his word, what a glory he sheds on our a cloud in the skies, but his smile drives it away. Not a doubt nor a fear, not a sign nor a tear, can abide while we trust and obey. Trust and obey, for this Happy in 
trust and obey, but we never can prove the delights of His love until all on the altar we lay. For the favor He shows and the joy He bestows are for exercises, folks. Jesus, you are our friend and Savior. Your might and power are unmatched by any earthly power. Your outstretched arm has saved poor against the mighty throughout all of history. There is none like you, Lord, and we worship you as our King and Savior. Isaiah says, lift up your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all of these? He who brings out the starry host one by one and calls forth each of them by name. Because of his great power and mighty strength, not one of them is missing. Amen. Won't you please be seated? A uh, responsive reading. All right, please read with me, brothers and sisters. 
Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Very simply, in this doxology, Paul repeats the fact that God is able to do things far beyond our depth and understanding. He is the keeper and the owner of time itself, and no one compares to him. We would be remiss if we didn't have a time of prayer for the people in Florida. And also North Carolina, South Carolina, a um, lot of devastation, a lot of loss of life, a lot of loss of property. And um, I don't know if you've seen some of the pictures, not too far from where Sharon has her place in uh, Fort Myers, but it, was, it looked like an atom bomb hit. That's how much of the destruction has been. And uh, I want to pray for those who, who, who lost loved ones especially those who lost everything and uh, it's going to take a long time to re to rebuild from this but they will and um, even through tragedies like this i i just pray that people would draw close to god you know there's somebody made an observation this week uh that i really uh, clicked with is that if you remember those of you who were around for september 11th 2001 after that happened, uh, people flocked to churches for about six weeks, and then it, in fact, died off a lot. People still had a sense of needing to be in the presence of God after catastrophes. In Superstorm Sandy 2013, people didn't flock to church. In the middle of the mess our world is in, people aren't coming to church. I think that says a lot about our culture. It says a lot about how we view God and the importance of church. I thank God for Franklin Graham and Samaritan's Purse. They rolled out right away to, to help down there. Of course, the Red Cross is down there. but. Uh, I, I kind of suspect Samaritan's Purse is, is going to be more effective uh, than even the Red Cross down there because they, they've trained for this. It's really an incredible organization. So would you join me in prayer as we, we pray for these people? Father, some of us have been through uh, storms, but not, not any as powerful of this one. For uh, these dear people in Florida, Father, for the families who have lost loved ones, we lift them up before you. And Father, bring comfort to them. Give them hope. I also pray, Father, for the people who, who lost everything, houses and um, cars and whatever, Father. It's, it's, it's traumatic. And we just ask, Father, your blessing on them even now through the recovery process. Father, thank you for organizations that are going down to help. We pray for those in Samaritan's Purse that they 
uh, are able to help in very real and concrete ways and show people the love and the grace of Jesus Christ. Thank you for the Red Cross, the first responders, the, uh, the power uh, companies, Father, that all respond from all over the country to help keep them safe. And Father, we pray, we pray that we would be praying for just our country, our world. Father, there's just so much going on. The only consolation that we have is that you are still in charge. And so, Father, we leave everything at the foot of the cross, and we pray in Jesus' name, amen. If we can have a couple of people would help with the offering, please. As we, uh, before we take the offering, let's pray. Father, as we do take this offering, we just uh, ask that you would help us to use this for your glory, for the proclamation of the gospel, to help in our community. And Father, we'll be careful to give you all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 If you have your Bibles, uh, if you want to open them to uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 7. Whoops. Andrew, uh, is the doohinky in? All right, it's not working for some reason, so I'm going to need your help. Okay. Uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 7. We're going to be starting around verse 23. We didn't get to complete it last week, but um, we'll <coughs> got to go to Ecclesiastes, Andrew. Thank you. Should be there, right after the the sermon title. All right. One of the most foolish things I heard this week as unfortunately uh, the hurricane made landfall in well, Puerto Rico, in uh, Florida, uh, and then in the Carolinas was from a news person. Surprise, surprise. And this is what the news person said. We have to do better on climate change measures to prevent these types of storms. And I, I, I'm, I'm looking at this, I, 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 I can't believe this. Because now we think we are God. Now we think not only can we control the weather, but we can control whether to give birth or not. Whether to alter your genes clone you. That's a scary thought, huh? To clone you. You know, I mean, and, and we come with this 
Thank you, Andrew. We come with this air of arrogance before God. And I'm, I'm listening to this broadcaster, and I want to even tell you what channel uh, she was on. But I'm listening to this broadcaster, and I'm saying, we have no regard for God. We have no view, a biblical view, of theology. Now listen, if this was 30, 40, 50 years ago, you would have heard statements like this. Well, we don't understand why the storm hit, but it, it, it was the province of God for whatever reason. We don't know. But theologically, the storms are a result of man's fall in the garden. If anybody's responsible, we're responsible. And I don't want you to misunderstand me. I'm, I'm all for being good stewards of our environment and all we need to be, but to get so arrogant to think that we can prevent hurricanes, they're gonna go away when Christ returns. It's as simple as that. There'll be no more thunderstorms, there'll be no more flooding, there'll be you know, no, no more natural catastrophes because when Jesus comes back, Everything is going to be restored to what it was supposed to be. I don't know about you, but I'm looking forward to that day. So when we try to outguess God, we're going to get in trouble. When we try to make decisions apart from God, we're going to get in trouble. When we employ the world's wisdom rather than God's wisdom, we're going to get in trouble. We've all been guilty of it. And I, I am so thankful for how God, and through the Holy Spirit, put together the Bible, because the Bible gives us practical, practical wisdom from God, not from the world. Because the wisdom from God many times is opposite of what the world says. Isn't that true? Love your enemy. No, we want to bomb our enemy. Right? No, love your enemy, Jesus says. Return kindness for evil. Now, Jesus didn't know what he was talking about that day, did he? Oh, yeah, he did. He says, leave vengeance to the Father. And so, uh, with, uh, this journey of Ecclesiastes is the wisest man at the time, Solomon, tried some very unwise things apart from God, and he publishes his findings. And he says, you know what? It wasn't very smart. It wasn't good. But I want to write this under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit so you may not make the same mistakes. Look at verse 23. It says, this is Solomon now. All this I tested by wisdom and I said, I am determined to be wise, but this was beyond me. In other words, what Solomon is saying is, 
I, I really want to be wise, but apart from God, there is no wisdom, no real wisdom. And he said, and it was beyond him because he didn't look to God for wisdom. And God already promised him, what? Wisdom. James says, not many of you are wise because you don't ask of God. And that's the situation that Solomon put himself in when he went on this grand experiment, if you will. And then, you know, he, he goes on to say, whatever exists is far off and most profound who can discover it. Solomon is admitting here that there has to be more to life than the world system. There has to be more to life than the wisdom of the world. There has to be more to life that brings satisfaction and contentment, but it's not found in the world. It's only found through a relationship with God through Jesus Christ by faith. Can, can you understand that, okay? Uh, listen, there are questions that we all raise in this life when we encounter hard times or difficult circumstances where uh, we, you, we want explanations for them. We may never know. But the wise man of, or, or the wise person of God will trust him through those circumstances. Well, Pastor, that doesn't make any sense. Yes, it does. You see, God sees the whole picture. We don't. All, all we see is what's in front of our noses. And the fact of the matter is we don't have patience anymore. God usually works through process. Now, he can work a miracle, no question about it. But he usually works through process. And the reason why he works through process there, there's really three main reasons. The first reason is that he wants us to learn more about him and depending on him and trusting him. Secondly, he wants us to learn more about us and how impatient we are and how sinful we can be. And the third is he wants to bring transformation to our lives from the inside out, and that's process. We lost a very healthy tree in Hurricane Sandy, or Superstorm, I should say, uh, Sandy. And it was one of those things, unfortunately, it came down on my neighbor's house. And um, if you were to watch the tree for it, because it, it had a good root system, uh, it was like slow motion. You know, it just went over, 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 and gently landed on his roof. There was no damage, but gently landed on his roof. And I'm, you know, I, I go next door and I say, hey, look, I'll call the tree company, you know, we'll, we'll get it taken care of. And he said, no, 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 we'll do it. It's not a problem. I said, okay, well, if I can help, let me know. And I'm looking at that and I'm saying, this was, not even a hurricane, it was, you know, they called it a superstorm, a cold core storm. And to see, I don't know how old the tree was, but when they cut it up, it had like massive rings on it. And if you, if you know how a tree grows, right? Every year, 
it makes a ring from the inside out, right? There's one ring and another ring. It takes years for the transformation and the matura maturation of, of a tree. Well, God wants us to make us more like Christ, which means mature believers, and it takes time. But we have to let him, and we have to trust him. You see, wisdom can only come from God, not from the world, not from the culture. I really, I, I've always did not like talk shows. Because what talk shows did was give people with bad worldviews power and authority that they think they have. And people buy into it. Oprah says it's true, it must be true, right? Whoopi says it's true, it must be true. No, when God says it's true, it's true, period, period. We need to search out God's wisdom. You know why? Because it's a treasure. We need to search it out, seek it as we would a great treasure. If somebody told me you had diamonds buried in your backyard, what would you do? <laughs> you, would, you would seek them, right? What we find in the scriptures is much more valuable than diamonds. That's why it's important to be connected with a church, to be in a Bible study and a discipleship group, to be in the Kelsey School of Theology. All of these things give us opportunity to grow together and, and to mature together. We need to search out God's word. We need to pray. We need the Holy Spirit. And we need the church. Church is so marginal these days, even for profession, uh, professing Christians. With the bad weather this morning, we passed by three restaurants coming here. They were all packed. The weather didn't keep them away. If today was a nice day, the sports fields would be all packed. And yet churches are at their lowest attendance ever. We need to understand the human condition. And that's what Solomon gets at here, okay? He says, so I turn my mind to understand, to investigate, and to search out wisdom and the scheme of things, and to understand, listen to this, I love the way he puts it, the stupidity of wickedness and the madness of folly. What he's describing here is our rebellious nature that we inherited from Adam. It was stupidity and wickedness. Well, aren't you being a little bit harsh, Pastor? No. Because sin, although it feels good for a moment, maybe, is stupid. <laughs> I don't know else to say it. It gets us in trouble, it hurts us, it hurts God, and it hurts others. And we, could all, we have the capability of being wicked, 
uh, wicked and the madness of folly. You know what that means, the madness of folly? Following after things we think are gonna make us satisfied and content but are against what God says. I had cousins uh, who lived in the Bronx and um, in the projects in the Bronx, many of them had two elevators side by side. I don't know if any of you uh, have experience with this, but my cousin was telling me that uh, one of his friends got hurt very badly. What they were doing at the time, they were, you know, most elevators have a trap door, right, on the ceiling in case it gets stuck. Well, the teens were ki uh, climbing out the trap and they were jumping from elevator to elevator as it was passing. And one of my cousin's friends almost lost his life. That's folly. That's stupid. Stupid is is as stupid does, right? It's stupid. And we have to understand that. And listen, we've all done stupid things, haven't we? And afterwards we say, I should have never done it. Have you ever been there? <laughs> but you know, this is why we need a relationship with Jesus Christ. We need to trust in the person and work of Jesus Christ. He went to pay for our stupidity, our sin, and our shame in our place on the cross so that by simple faith in him trusting what he did for me he loved me even though I am a sinner that I could be forgiven have new life and new purpose in Christ you see this is human condition Solomon goes on to to um, talk about relationships are complicated um, but in, in this in this instant I think there's more than relationships that he's talking about here um, I think he's speaking almost metaphorically uh, about sin look look at verse 26 he says I find more bitter than death the woman who is a snare whose heart is a trap who has uh, hands uh, whose hands are chains. The man who pleases God will escape her, but the sinner will be ensnared. Almost makes sin a temptress, right? And listen, if sin wasn't pleasurable for a moment, it wouldn't be sin, right? We have to be careful. I, I, I saw a commercial on television while we were away, and it was for... Um, Tunnels to Towers, you know, from a uh, gentleman in New York. And it was um, the story of a soldier in the Mideast whose job it was to find landmines before the troops would follow. And he, he did it for a long time very well, but unfortunately, he missed one. And that one took away his legs. There's all sorts of landmines through life, aren't there? And if we approach those landmines 
carelessly with the world's wisdom, we're going to get trapped. And there's going to be, there's just going to be problems. Gets a little bit more intense. Um, and I want you to, to kind of hang in there with me because some of, some of the women here may get insulted, but I'll explain it, okay? Says, look, says the teacher, this is what I discovered. Adding one thing to another, uh, to discover the scheme of things, while I was still searching but not finding, I found one upright man among a thousand, but not one upright woman among all of them. Now men don't get huffy here, and don't get proud, because this could be legitimately translated, I found no one righteous. No one. Isn't that what Paul says in Romans? Isn't that what Isaiah says? There was none righteous. No, not one. How do you think this verse would fly today, huh? Women would be picketing. And that's not the intent of the verse. The intent of the verse is simply this. God created man perfectly. Adam, and from Adam, he created Eve. Perfectly, no sin, until the devil came and put doubt in their mind. Eve took the fruit. Adam followed. And they wrecked what God provided. The cross is the only restoration for what we lost. And the final restoration will come when Jesus comes again. If you ever read Milton's Paradise Lost, it, 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 it's a great book. You should read it. But listen, sin can be very destructive and very seductive. It presents a major problem, especially in relationships. Uh, it presents a problem between us and, and God. Um, ultimately, all sin is a result of pride and idolatry. The sin that God talks most about in the Bible is idolatry and unfaithfulness. Unfaithfulness towards God. The person who pleases God, that is the person who trusts and obeys, will escape the seductive power of sin. Isn't that what we just read? Listen to me. Paul says under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit in Corinthians that apart no, I'm going to rephrase that he says there's no temptation that God allows you to face where there's not a way out so when we don't take the way out which is right in front of us we only have ourselves to blame this only I have found. God created man upright, but they have gone in search of many schemes. In other words, the mentality is, hey, God, I know better than you. 
I know better than you. you. You don't really mean what you say. After all, the devil explained that to me. You love me no matter what I do. Well, in sense, sense, that's true. But sin has to be judged. And the only payment for sin was the sacrifice of God's own son on the cross. I'm going to finish up with this before we go to the Lord's table. Who is like the wise? Who knows the explanation of things? A person's wisdom brightens their face and changes its hard appearance. That is, when we have a, a, a biblical worldview and we know that we're not going to understand everything, but we're trusting God in the process and the Holy Spirit is, is empowering us to stay obedient and to, to follow what Christ wants us to do, even through the bad circumstances, you're going to face it with not happiness, but joy that comes from the inside out. I'm not a big believer, you know, in Christians going around who are really hurting, saying, oh, I'm okay. Yeah, no, no, I'm okay when you're dying on the inside. I am a big fan of reality to say, hey, you know what? I'm going through a tough time right now. But I know God's going to get me through. And with his help, I'll stay obedient to him. Let me just, I think that's the last verse, yeah. So, listen. <laughs> For those of you who could still stomach seeing the news, and, and, and it's tough because, you know, we should stay informed. I have to stay informed. I, I have to know what's going on. Um, because everything that's going on in, in our country and in the world is so counter the biblical. Do you know if you tell someone the same thing over and over again over a period of time, even though it might be false, they start to believe it. And this is what the culture is doing. Beware. Don't seek the wisdom of the culture. Seek the wisdom of the world. When we come to the communion table, this is so great. The communion table was established by Jesus in that last Passover. And Paul got further instruction on it in Corinthians. And the table of Jesus, that's why we call it the Lord's table, isn't for perfect people. It's for people who have a relationship with Jesus, but for people who have sinned. I would say there's not one of us who didn't sin this week. I would say there's not one of us who didn't sin this morning. And if you didn't sin, you probably will. Anytime we violate the known word of God, it's sin. But this is a time we can come to the table that Jesus sets for us and confess very specifically. We examine ourselves and we say, Lord, gee, I blew it on the road last week. 
you know, I was not too kind to another driver or, or Lord, I, I blew it with my, my spouse or, or Lord, I let my anger get the best of me. Or, Lord, I said some things I shouldn't have said. Whatever it is, the promise is this. If we confess our sin, confess means to agree with. If we agree with Jesus that our sin hurt us, it hurt him and it hurt others, and we're truly sorry for that, John says he is faithful and just to forgive our sin, to throw it in the ocean, never to be found again, and to cleanse us from all our unrighteousness. So this is a very personal time for those of us who know Christ, to come and examine ourselves, to confess. So I'm going to ask those who are helping to serve uh, to come up. As we hand out the, the bread, I'm going to ask you to hold it and we'll partake together. Please use this time to confess before God. Let the Holy Spirit and the Word examine our own hearts and let's confess anything we need to confess. At that last supper where Jesus established the Lord's table, he, said, he took bread, he broke it, and he said to his disciples, when you eat this, this is a symbol of his broken body, which was broken for them, broken for us. He says, when you eat this, remember me. Would you eat, please? And he asked that the cup be passed out, please.
Jesus took the fourth cup in the Passover supper, the cup of redemption, and he passed it to the disciples using it as a uh, object lesson. Because you see, it says there is no forgiveness without the shedding of blood. It was Jesus' blood on the cross that secured our forgiveness, paid for our sin once and for all. In fact, in, in the Old Testament, covenants were always ratified with blood from acceptable sacrifices. Jesus was the perfect sacrifice, the perfect lamb, went in your place and mine to shed his blood so our sins would be forgiven once and for all. He says, when you drink this, do this in remembrance of him. Would you drink, please? We're going to wait upon you now for the uh, Benevolence Fund offering, if you feel led to give to that. That's used to help people in need. And as the offering is being taken, I'm going to ask Kristen to come up. And uh, I want to welcome our guest today. Uh, it's good to see you. Uh, thank you for braving the weather, you know, coming out. Appreciate it. I'm, I'm going to ask you to forgive me because I have to run up to Tom's River because I'm, be, I'm going to be teaching up there. So uh, thank you for coming. Oh, all right. The, the theological school's canceled because of the weather, so I don't have to run off. All right, good. Good. Oh, no, it's, she's saying. That's right. We'll get it next week. We'll get it next week. God's good? And all the time. Listen, uh, you, you are a blessing to me today, so thank you. Thank you for coming. And um, remember this, that God is able. Isn't that what we read before, Chip? Mm -hmm. He is more than able to do exceedingly abundantly more than we could ever ask or think. To him be the glory. Amen. Would you stand, please? Anything that comes my way He 
Please be very careful as you travel. And uh, how can I say this? Lord, help us not do anything stupid this week. <laughs> How's that? Let's pray. Father, would you release us in the power of your Holy Spirit? Help us, Father, when we fall, to lift us back up again, to be honest with you. That when we fall, you extend your right hand. And as we take it, you lift us back up again. Thank you. That's grace. And so, Father, dismiss us in the power of the Holy Spirit. Help us to be a blessing to others. We pray in Jesus' name. And all God's people said? Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed.